what I think is good is to yourself become a good generalist um, because those are rare. Lots of people are deep divers and, and it's really good. And they'll, they'll call me up and they'll go, okay, we got this thing going on. And they're like in their little silo and I go, well, why don't we do this thing? They go, oh, that makes sense. Well, that's because I try to be a generalist and I try to, to keep that high level view. Are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and level up your business from awesome CEOs, entrepreneurs, and founders without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Riggs Eckleberry of Origin Clear. Riggs, it's awesome to have you on the show. Such a pleasure, Gresham. Thank you. Definitely. Pleasure's all ours. And before we jumped in, you, we will, I'll read a little bit more about Riggs so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And Riggs is the founder and CEO of the innovative water technology company, Origin Clear, which is delivering water solutions for industrial customers worldwide. With operations in Texas, Virginia, and China, Origin Clear has developed and licensed an invention that treats industrial and agricultural wastewater with very little energy and no chemicals. And now industrial users can treat their water right where they use it using prepackaged point of use water treatment systems that have an amazing life cycle of up to 100 years or more rigs. Are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? Let's rock. Awesome. Let's rock and roll. So to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit here, a little bit more on how you got started. Could you take us through your CEO story? We'll let you get started with all the awesome work you're doing. Thank you, Gresham. Well, um, I actually came came out of tech. Um, I was, uh, you know, in the dot com, accustomed to these, you know, start a company. Four months later, <laughs> wow, you got sold, and, <laughs> right. which was good and bad because you know you're busy building something, and all of a sudden, like, I guess I'm not. I, okay, I'll take some money, but what about this cool thing I was building? Right. But um, after 2000, things got a bit better. We were able to get a bit, you know, it reminds me a lot of what's happening with crypto now because you know. The whole 2018 now better, but back then in, in dot com we had a similar thing where, um, for me, I got to do really exciting work uh, in the first decade of the 2000s, uh, and uh, I was key to taking a company onto the Nasdaq in a security space. And then um, I made the the thing that did the thing you should never do, which is I told a fund that I thought I could be a good CEO, and they agreed. And that was not brilliant. Um, I've had ample cause to uh, regret that. But seriously, in 2007, we, we launched a company. Now, they, their thing was like, look, technology is great, but we want to get going with green and you know, save the world and so forth. Uh, and we realized that we had um, an opportunity with this material called algae to create biofuel. And so um, we created a company called Origin Oil because algae was the original oil. Mm -hmm. And we were on a mission to literally, you know, switch from fossil fuels to, uh, to making petroleum in real time, right? Which is incredibly virtuous and you wouldn't have to change cars really and all that all good right. stuff. So uh, really exciting. Uh, unfortunately, um, the oil industry came up with fracking, which turned algae into a science experiment overnight, really. Mm -hmm. And at that point, we had to either, a lot of companies shut down in the space that were you know, real high flyers. Um, we pivoted. We pivoted uh, by taking what we were using to harvest algae to then remove waste from water and literally um, remove the microscopic particles from water as opposed to um, good stuff. It was bad stuff. We started in the oil industry. Then it continued to have a hard time. I, I think the oil industry is just on this continuous um, 
um, rolling downhill kind of mode where uh, it's hard to put new technologies in because they're constantly shutting down wells or having some kind of disaster. Fine. We then widened out to water treatment in general. And then we learned a very important lesson, which is the water industry does not like new technology. Uh, it takes 12 to 15 years to get new technology adopted. Obviously reasons like public health and you know they're, they're trying to do the right thing, but they're hyper-conservative. So um, it's like before Uber trying to convince the taxi industry to accept a credit card. Right. <laughs> it's like, why? Cash is great, right? Exactly. So, so, um, so we then started, we started, okay, let's, let's, let's start really trying to move the needle and change that about the water industry. Let's try to disrupt the water industry. You know, we bought a company in Texas. It's, we still have a fantastic company that builds amazing stuff. We brought in this, this technology for uh, modular water systems so that uh, you can just truck a system on site, plug it in, it goes to work. That's great. And all this leads to the big, big trend in water, which is like all other industries, decentralization. We have this amazing trend of, because water infrastructure is falling apart and cities are, you know, you've heard about Flint. Well, there's a lot more nightmares you haven't heard about. South Bend, Indiana is far worse than Flint, but nobody talks about it. Mm. Uh, because I guess they had refrigerator factories back in the day. So all these, you know, um, super fun problems are creating water problems. And on top of it, the federal government's not paying for infrastructure, vicious cycle. Um, and what's the resulting is that industries are having to do their own water treatment more and more. And that, requires a whole new way because then at least you realize, wait a minute, these businesses, if you're a brewery and you have to do your own water treatment now because you got stuck with it, well, that wasn't on your capital plan. You were not going to spend $2 million on a water treatment system. You were going to spend it on better beer. And that's finally in the COVID year, what we tackled, but I'll getting ahead of myself. That's my background. No, I definitely appreciate you for, for drilling down on that because I think, um, and, and obviously pivoting as well too, because I think so many times there's different opportunities when you have that ability to kind of see that and, and see the technology and, and marry those two things into that solution. But it sounds like you, almost, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, it kind of sounds like you're partnering with these organizations, these businesses, breweries, for example, that maybe didn't have to solve a problem initially when they started, but now they have to do that and not sure how exactly to make that happen. Right. So this is where in 2019, we were like, hey, okay, we got the technology and let's help you. And, and we just learned that we had had and still have a huge backlog of business that takes forever to turn into projects. And that's why the water industry is so slow to grow. It's because these are major capital projects. And so they take a long time. When COVID hit literally a year ago, it was just before my birthday, um, you know, first days of February, we watched the price of oil crash because Wuhan went down for a month first week of February. The rest of America was like, huh, what? Um, but the oil industry reacted to the sudden loss of demand. And we woke up here at Origin Clear and went, wait a minute, there's a problem. And I like to say that COVID caused everything chronic to become acute. Mm. If you had a chronic problem before, it became an, like uh, Neiman Marcus was going to close eventually. Dead man walking. Well, it closed. Barney's closed. All these things, right? Anything that was... That was in, in trouble broke down. And we realized that we had to solve the problem of funding self-treatment, localized treatment, which is replacing centralized treatment because America is not funding anything anymore, except throwing money around, I guess. And, um, and so we worked on this frantically for months. You know, the, the, the CEO of Airbnb said something very interesting last year. He said, in 10 weeks, we did 10 years worth of work. Mm -hmm. right? And they succeeded. They, they had a great IPO and, and you would have thought they would have fallen apart, but they didn't. Amazing, amazing story. 
And I think there'll have to be a book about it. I think it's yeah. one of those cool stories. Well, we had a similar story in that we, we eventually realized, wait a minute, it's the funding, stupid. If you can fund these systems and just here, sign here, Mr. Brewery, and you'll just pay on the meter like you always do. And they go, okay. Number one. Number two, because we have roll in, roll out systems, we don't, we can always take them back if the guy stops paying. Which means we don't have to demand a 15-year contract with stellar credit and your personal guarantee and we want your mansion in Palm Beach. No, we'll just rent you this system the same way that someone might rent a TV. And that is the revolution. And the final piece of the puzzle came in place literally over the last month or two, which is we found a group of investors that is really, 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 really trying to reinvent itself and that's real estate investors. Mm -hmm. Real estate investors used to be that you could your entire life could be a real estate portfolio and you were fine. That's not true anymore. You need to be diversified. There's good real estate, bad real estate, but there's no longer just great real estate, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, real estate investors are trying to diversify and there's a new asset class called water and we can bring them in and they will help fund these systems for these service contracts that are called water as a service. And it's turning into a beautiful thing. And literally my team is going flat out to bring in these investors, convert their, their assets into money because that's what we need to build these systems and then direct them. And very, very shortly, Gresham, the capability of my Texas company will be overloaded. And I'll have to start asking other water companies to please build stuff for us because we've solved this money problem. I want to ask you for what I call your secret sauce, and this could be for you personally or the business or a combination of both. Do you feel it's that ability to, to continue to kind of innovate um, that, that sets you apart and makes you or your organization unique? The key, I think, is um, to be in a place where you yourself, like you, your, your own best resources is you at the end of the day. And you have to make sure that you're in a place where uh, you don't, feel horrible about what's happening or let's say some somebody's taking advantage of you financially or whatever's going on and you can't just go oh my god and uh, so the end of the world and and i'm to blame and i'm no good right well sure we all got to improve ourselves but at the end of the day we are our own best resource and so keeping that um you know and I, I did a lot of early studies with um you know in, in fact i'm one of the you know, despite my advanced age, I'm actually, I, I spent a lot of time as a young man learning at the feet of a philosopher named L. Ron Hubbard and very few people are around who actually had that personal experience. Well, what I, what I came away from with that, because I saw him deal with extraordinary challenges is that you yourself remain peaceful. You yourself remain um, untroubled and go crazy, deal with the problems, solve them, fix them, do whatever you got to do. But you yourself remain an oasis of, of peace in a way that people can then go, oh, Riggs isn't too worried. I guess it's going to be okay. I wanted to switch gears a little bit. And I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? All right. Well, the number one thing I believe is that we have a very complex world today. Know what you don't know, right? I can hack together, um, uh, an MOU, Memorandum of Understanding, and kind of throw it out there. But before I do something that's really, really going to commit the company, I'd better get some help. And um, the, But the key is, who do I select to help me, right? I can select, I've got a law firm that's extremely conservative, and they do wonderful things for me with, they make sure that I don't get in trouble with the SEC. That's great. But they're not going to reinvent stuff for me. That's a different law firm. And so know, like, know who to choose to solve your problem. Because you're, uh, number one, 
I know my limits. Uh, I did not go to law school. In fact, I didn't even go to college. I got trained as a ship captain, totally different, totally different set of skills. And so here I am dealing with a legal matter. Excuse me, I'd better get some good help. And that's where I'll go and recruit really, really uh, great people. I love that hack. And so I want to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. So this could be more of a word of wisdom or piece of advice. You might've already touched on this. It might be something if you were to hop into a time machine, you would tell your younger business self. Well, I used to tell myself, Riggs, it would have been nice if you had apprenticed and paid some dues in the industry that you jumped into. Uh, but in fact, more recently, I realized that um, we, our wealth of information is so good that I, you know, I, I can, I can and, and there's so much, so many people already specialized, right? That I think what I think is good is to yourself become a good generalist um, because those are rare. Lots of people are deep divers and, and that's really good. And they'll, they'll call me up and they'll go, okay, we got this thing going on. And they're like in their little silo and they go, well, why don't we do this thing? They go, well, that makes sense. Well, that's because I'm, I try to be a generalist and I try to, to keep that, that, that high level view. It's a challenge because at the same time, you and I have to do real work. We have to sit down and you have to grind away at a stupid contract or whatever. But the more, the more general, generalist viewpoint you can get, the more you can think, okay, my company can do well. Well, will, will this do a good thing for the industry I'm in? And will this have good long-term effects or will I just be ripping people off? Well, these are important concerns and you can only have them by having that high level view. Don't be too worried about not being a specialist. You can buy that if you're a good generalist. I wanted to ask you now my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. We're open now different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Riggs, what does being a CEO mean to you? <laughs> In one word, masochism. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, you can make money with money. I mean, just, you know, if you were smart enough to get Bitcoin 10 years ago, we wouldn't be having this conversation, right? <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, you, you, you know, being an operator, as we call it, is a tough and demanding job. And uh, you're kind of like, you know, you're, you're the center of attention, good or bad. And you could get in real trouble, no question about it. Um, and a lot of people depend on you. But having said that, you know, it's a lot like when I was a ship captain and, you know, I, I could have ended up, you know, at the bottom of the ocean many, many times. I think you gotta like it. So if so some people are just, you know, um, you, if, if, you, if, if I'm talking through you, Gresham, to people who may be a CEO one day, we need more CEOs. At the peak of the dot-com, there was something like 185 Silicon Valley companies that needed a CEO. It's a tough, it's hard to find. And you gotta be cheerleader, fundraiser, uh, ethicist, right? Mm -hmm. Can't forget that. And also, you know, commercializer and all these wonderful things. And it's going to be done relentlessly. And you'll have zero time and you'll be totally overloaded. So um, try it out. And, and at the same time, a CEO will die if he does not go ahead and tap all of the specialists available to him and not have it all just come ramming in on him. So that's the key. You know, be willing to be that, that horrible masochistic thing that the world needs, I think. But then also make it more occupiable by bringing in people to help. Definitely appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do is just pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you can let us know. And of course, how best people can get a hold of you and find out about all the awesome things you and your team are working on. Uh, I like to say we're the most transparent public company in America because every week on a Thursday night, 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, every Thursday night, 
we have a half hour where I brief everyone on what's happening in the company, everything we're doing as much as possible um, that I'm that I'm permitted to, to, to say. And, and also I try and uh, communicate directly to uh, right now it's about 31,000 people sign up on my website uh, for that newsletter. And when you receive my newsletter, if you hit reply, it's coming into my inbox. I love to hear from people and I would love to hear from your listeners. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And to make it even easier, we'll have the links and information in the show notes just to, to, to get a hold of you and, and to find out about that newsletter as well too. So Rick, truly appreciate you again, my friend. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Get your driven CEO gear at ceogear.co. This has been the I am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.